In life, there are some unanswerable questions or at least questions that we struggle to answer, like what is consciousness, like where does it reside, where does it go sometimes, um, is there life on other planets, right? We hope to one day figure that one out. Uh, will time travel ever, ever be real? Love to know that. Um, who actually let the dogs out things like that like we don't know we don't know nobody can tell us we're not sure uh, the answers to those questions uh, another really important question that sometimes it can be difficult to answer is the question why are you the way you are like, do you ever look at somebody and wonder that or just say it out loud some people say it out loud why are you the way you are. Sometimes it can be difficult to figure out the answer to that question. There are some reasons. Uh, I'm not sure we'll cover all of those reasons today. Uh, but the reality is there are specific things that make you you. It's why we recognize you from other people. We know who you are. Uh, sometimes people will even say, uh, that sounds like something you would say. Right? Because they know you. They know the particular you that you are. They know how you respond to things. Or that sounds like something you would do. Maybe you've said that to your spouse, your kids, your parents. That sounds like something you would do. Because there is a unique you. There's something that makes you you. There are things that make me me and set me apart from you. And those are not random things. We don't randomly just have bits and pieces that make us a whole uh, you're actually you on purpose. God made you, you, very specifically. Uh, God wired you together. God, God pieced you together for reasons, for, for purposes. And, and figuring those out can be a key to figuring out the ways that we're supposed to be generous. If you're new, we're in a series called A Generous Life, and, and we've looked at just generosity in general, why it's important, but then we've kind of walked through some specific ways that we can be generous. Last week, we talked about the need to be generous with our time and how difficult that is because we value time so much. Um, time's important to us. We often pay money to save time nothing wrong with that but that just again reminds us how important time is to us and when something is that important when something is as valuable as time is it can be very difficult to give it away but if you've decided that's going to be a priority to you you are going to give time away then what does that mean what are you giving away with your time and and my whole point today is that you, you're going to be giving you away. You're going to be giving the unique you that you are, the, the specific gifts that you are. The, all of those things that make you you is what you give away when you give your time. And God created you for this purpose. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is giving this glorious description of the gospel, of what it means to know Christ and and the fact that our salvation is a gift from God, it's grace. It's not something we earn, we don't work for it, we can't prove ourselves good enough. God just gives it, just grants us to us as an act of His grace. We receive it by faith. We trust that it's true. This is real. God's Son lived and died and rose again for me, and I can't earn my way to heaven. I, I just receive it as a gift from God. But then... Paul transitions from that very important uh, point to this idea of 
if you have trusted Christ by faith, if you are his follower, what, is, what would that look like? How would that change you? How would that set you apart maybe from some people who haven't given their lives to Christ? What would be unique about you if grace has happened to you? And this is what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2. In verse 10, Paul writes, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's handiwork. Let's... Let's take that first. Um, you are God's creation. You're God's masterpiece. You're his work of art. Um, often people point out that <clears throat> the word translated masterpiece, we get the word poem from. You're, you're a work of art. You, you, you are this masterful work that God intentionally created in specific ways. You aren't like exactly anyone else. You have some similarities to some people you favor some people in your family you have some similar ideas to other people but as a total package all collected together you are a unique creation by God but then Paul says that the reason he put you together in a specific way is so that you would do good works like good things would come out of you not as a way to get to heaven, not as a way to earn your salvation, but because you have received salvation, because grace has so changed your life that you're becoming a different person and people are starting to notice because your unique combination of gifts and abilities and experiences is working through grace in your life and it's becoming good works towards other people. Paul shares very similar thought when he writes a letter to a guy by the name of Titus. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. So there again, he's leading with grace. It's offered to everybody. It teaches us this is what happens if you receive this grace. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope. Right? This, this is part of what grace does in us. It helps us move away from what's ungodly and toward what, what is godly, away from what's unrighteous and towards what is righteous while we wait for the blessed hope. And this is the blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own. And then this is how Paul describes those people. Eager to do what is good. That's the type of person, people, group, that Jesus redeemed to himself. That's what he's doing in their lives. He's creating a people that, that are going to be eager to do what's good. To use who they are in this world to give themselves generously to a world that is in need. In chapter 3 of Titus, Paul says, And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. Like they'll be eager to do what's good. They'll be devoted to doing what is good. They'll be committed to doing what is good out of the grace that God has provided but also out of the unique way God has made each individual person, the handiwork that went into 
making you you again not to get to heaven James spends much of his letter later in the New Testament saying look faith and works they go together okay you don't earn your salvation but if you've received salvation it's going to produce some things in your life you're going to become a specific type of person good works are going to come out of you because this is what the work of salvation is doing in you Jesus taught the same idea things would be produced in your life qualities would be produced in your life goodness would come out of your life because you have received the grace of God and in Matthew chapter 25 Jesus tells a series of three stories three parables and the the big theme of all three parables is be ready be ready always be ready always live a life that's ready to meet God that's ready to meet Jesus if God showed up today and looked at your life be ready for that you wouldn't have to freak out you should live in a way that if Jesus showed up which he does he's always with us but if Jesus literally physically showed up and looked at your life you'd be okay Jesus this is my life this I'm ready I'm ready for you to see what's happening in my life the um the the first of the stories is about a wedding it's about a bridal party um those of you who are interested in all of the intricacies of my life and follow me on social media which of course all of you are interested in my life you know that um i have a series of four weddings over four weekends starting last weekend went to wedding number two yesterday uh, doing a wedding for a family member next week and then of course culminating with my daughter Lily getting married uh, two weeks from now to Ian and so it's just been wedding after wedding after wedding Jesus tells this wedding story that's completely outside of our cultural understanding of the way weddings work but in in Jesus day they would wait for the groom to show up and whenever he showed up that's when they had the wedding and and so Jesus point in story number one is always be ready always be ready and then he transitions in stories number two and three to what it looks like when you're ready not just be ready but Jesus said let me give you some practical ways to be ready Uh, let me show you what your life would look like if you actually were ready when we were in school some of you maybe still are in school when we, we were in school particularly in math courses and and you know algebra and and calculus and all of those i'm just lumping into math <clears throat> in math courses teachers would give us an assignment and then part of the assignment would be show your work right they didn't want us just to give an answer because they know most of us are cheaters and we will just get the answer and write it down because we're lazy cheaters a lot of us and so they said no you got to show your work i want to know how you figured this out i want to know what process you used to get to the answer today you would just google it right you google it you get the answer you write it down and so math teachers are smart and they say no i'm not going to let you cheat show your work demonstrate to me that you know how to do this in stories two and three in Matthew 25 that's what Jesus is saying Jesus is saying show me your work like you're a believer you're a follower of Christ but but don't I don't want you to tell me that show me that that's true in your life not to earn salvation but just show me how salvation is working its way out in your life show your work and if you show your work 
it would look like this according to Jesus in Matthew 25 again and he's segueing between stories again it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them to one he gave five bags of gold to another two bags and to another one bag each according to his ability then he went on his journey some of us that grew up in church and Sunday school and kids ministry and vacation Bible school, some of us know this story as the parable of the talents. Uh, the NIV takes out the word talent and substitutes the phrase bag of gold because in our day talent means something different right talent means uh, a special ability you can sing you can dance you you have some sort of talent that's not what it meant in Jesus day it was a weight of measuring the value of money of of metal of of coins and so depending on the metal a talent generally equaled 6,000 denarii, which we don't use that either, but a denarius was a, a day's wage. So one talent equals 6,000 days wages. Take out the weekends, uh, that would be somewhere between 22 to 23 years worth of income, right? So to play along, whatever your annual income is, multiply it by 20 and you're on the low end of what a talent was so right off the bat we know that what this owner is giving to his his employees is incredibly generous whether you got one or two or five you you got 20 to 23 years worth of income that this owner who's going on a trip says here i want you to manage this while i'm gone it was essentially giving away a portion of his company, a portion of his organization to his employees and saying, I want you to manage this part of the company until I come back, and then I want to know what you did with it. I want you to show me your work when I get back. Either way, the owner of the company is being incredibly generous. This is the way God is with us. Whatever makes you you, God has been generous to you God has been generous in making you you God, God has given you like this owner gives his employees God's giving you some employ uh, some opportunity God, God's giving you access God's God's given you open doors right the master in this story is giving each person an opportunity to join the work that the owner has been doing okay? this is the owner's company this is the work that he's doing in that community. And he's saying to his employees, I'm going to give you opportunity to be a part of that. And that's what God does with us. God has work going on in the world. God, God uh, is working to bring righteousness more and more to the world. Jesus prayed that God's kingdom would come to the world. That's, God is at work trying to bring his kingdom of love and grace and righteousness and holiness more fully into the world. And Jesus tells us in this story about uh, the, the, pair, the talent or the bags of gold, Jesus is saying, look, this is what God does to you. God's at work in this world, and he's inviting you to join him. And not only is he inviting you to join him, he's giving you what you need to be a part. He's giving it to you. 
He's offering it into your life and saying, I want you to join me in the kingdom work in this world, and, and I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to give you all the resources that you need. I, I'm going to equip you so that you can do this. You have everything that you need. This is, this is what God is doing to us, inviting us into his work, inviting us into his work in the world. And, and because of the owner's generosity, there's no need to compare ourselves to anybody else because we've each been given opportunity. We've, we've each been given open door. We've, we've been given a measure of privileges. We've been given a measure of access. We've been given a measure of skills and abilities. We don't have to compare ourselves to anybody else. We don't have to say, well, I don't have what they have, and so there's nothing for me to do, or I don't have as much as that person has the owner dealt with each person individually? The story says he dealt with them according to their ability. Right? This is what you need right now. Be faithful with that. This is who I'm making you right now. Be faithful with that. These are the doors I'm opening for you right now. Be faithful with that. We learn later on in the story that if they were faithful, he would give them more opportunity. He, he, he would give them greater opportunity in the business, in the work. Same for us. When, when we're faithful with what God has entrusted to us today, God will say, I'll give you more. I'll give you more. But don't get your mind set on more. Just get your mind set on investing, right? Don't waste time comparing. Just go to work. Just start investing. Just start, do, just start doing things that are good just start giving your yourself away so what are those things what are those bags of gold that God's put in each of our lives well he's put certain skills in your life you have certain abilities there are things you're good at that, that's a part of what God has gifted to you and, and maybe you fine-tuned them maybe you went to school and you you learned more about that particular uh, field or that particular skill maybe just because you've applied yourself you've gotten better at it but that's an investment God's made in your life you say here I'm going to give you this ability God's given you certain experiences some of them you had control over some of them you didn't some of them maybe you wouldn't want again but they're a part of your life some some of them you think you created but you really were just kind of the beneficiary of God working all things in your life so that you were able to get that experience God was shaping and piecing and putting together you have a particular personality that shapes you makes you the unique you that you are and it's not exactly like anybody else maybe it's similar to certain people but it's different from other people and that personality sets you up to be very effective in some environments and not so effective in other environments I know we all have different preferences and and ideas about personality profiles and personality labeling and personality preferences that's fine but but all of us have uniqueness to our personalities we, we, we kind of gravitate toward maybe some large groupings, categories of personalities. I have a, a distinct personality bent. I make decisions a certain way. Right? I, I respond a certain way in certain circumstances. There is a me in me that responds certain ways in certain circumstances. And I mean, you're not going to believe this, but my personality is not for everybody. 
not everybody loves my personality. I, I know I'm shocked too. I, I can't believe there are people that don't love me, but I mean, there are people that just like, I'm not their thing. And that's okay. Um, you're not everybody's thing, right? Your wiring doesn't work in every circumstance. Your wiring doesn't work in every role. And some of us have kind of figured out, like, this is where I function best and I don't work well in this sort of environment or this position is for me. I'm very productive. When I get in this position, then I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm not as affected. That, that's a part of the you that you are. And it's by design, and it's created by God. Look, I'm not saying that there aren't areas we all have to work on. I'm not talking about a fatalistic, well, this is just me, this is just how I am. Yeah, there are ways we can be better. There are things we need to change about ourselves. But there are unique wirings about you that God put in place for the good works that he intends for you to do. We've all had challenges. If you've lived very long, you've had challenges, you've had trials, you've had setbacks, you've had disappointments, people have hurt you, maybe there's trauma in your past that didn't come from God, didn't say, God didn't say, hey, I'm going to get that person, but God takes the challenges that life gives us and he uses it to shape us. Some of you are testimonies of this. You've walked through very difficult things in your past and that shaped who you are today and it shapes how God wants to use you. Because here's what I can promise you. The experiences that you've had in your life, even the challenges and the setbacks and the disappointments that you've had in your life, there is somebody going through something very similar today to that thing you went through a couple of years ago or 10 years ago. Or 15 years ago. God, God uses all of that and says, you may not see it as a bag of gold, but here's something I put in your life for a purpose. And if you will be generous with it, I will bring you ways to use it. I will bring you ways to do good for the sake of the kingdom of God based on how I created you. God, God's invested in us so that we can invest in other people. Like that's the way this is supposed to work. Not that I just receive and receive and God, I'm so glad you did good things for me. But, but so that I can receive the investment of God and then pass that on to somebody else. This is what I've experienced. How can I help you? This is how I'm wired. How does that best help what God's doing in the world? This is what happens in Jesus' story. Matthew 25 verse 16. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. And, and the story, it's a made-up story, but Jesus doesn't go into detail about how that happened. He just said it happened. The guy with five bags, he invested those. He put those to work. He joined in the work of his master, and as a result, something got produced. Something got changed. Same, same thing for, with the guy with two. He put it to work. He invested. He was productive, and two became four. Five became ten. Two became four. But here's what we learn a couple of uh, verses later. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight. We're told this very quickly and, and succinctly. Two became four, five became ten. But a few verses later, verse 19 says, After a long time, 
the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. When did five become ten? After a long time. When did two become four? After a long time. And you know this. We are not an after a long time people. We're just not. Those aren't our people. After a long time people, they're not our people. Right now people, that's our people. Right? Ten minutes from now, that's my people. Right? I want five to become ten in three months. That's what I want. I want two to become four in six weeks. That's what I want. After a long time. This is the way investment works, right? This is the way investment works. Is we invest for a long time. And, and again, it's a made-up story. We're not given these details, but I, I, I don't think five became ten like this. Like this straight up and to the right movement. Five became 5.5, became six, became 6.5, became seven. Because this is not how life works, is it? Like, life works like this. Right? It, it's not... Anybody's stocks doing this right now? I just need to turn all of my money over to you if that's happening for you right now. Th this is not the way investment works. Investments is over a long time and sometimes there's setbacks and sometimes we don't understand what's happening and sometimes there's discouragement but it is in the consistent putting to work investing that five becomes ten and two becomes four and whatever God has invested in you becomes productive for the kingdom of God and helpful for people that are around you that's the way it works but that wasn't everyone's experience just like you and I have different experiences just like you and I want things to work quickly right we want to we want to start something new and it grows really fast that's us not a long time people we, we want to begin something and have a hundred people join us right we, we we want to start it and everybody's for it. This is not the way investment works. Right? I, I'll be honest with you. It was never my goal to start a church and see it grow for a few years and COVID just kind of set us back three or four years. Like that was not in the plan for me. Like if, you, if we go back to when we started the church and like my vision casting for the church was not, man, I want us to just have this red hot lightning start and then maybe some disease will come along and just chase everybody away. That's, I really hope that happens. That, that, was not, that was not my plan. But all I knew to do at this point is to just keep showing up and investing anyway. To just keep showing up and continue to do the work that God's called me to be. I mean, this is how God put me together. And this is what God called me to do. And so I'm just going to keep showing up and doing it. And who knows what's coming next, right? Was it monkeypox is next? And, you know, who knows? I mean, asteroids going to come. I don't know what's coming next. I just know that God wired me in a certain way, and this is what he's called me to do, and I'm just going to keep doing it. And wherever you are in God's calling for your life, I would encourage you to do that too. Man, you may be up here, or you may be at, oh, everything I started got wiped out and I'm starting over. Okay, just keep investing. Just keep doing the work, because God's given the growth, right? That's a biblical principle. God's given the growth. You just got to keep showing up. 
Two guys did that. Five became ten. Two became four. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now notice, the problem is not that he lost everything. The problem is, is not that he invested unwisely. The problem is he didn't try. He didn't even try. He didn't even ask, what can I do? How can I invest this? How can I put this in a place where there might be productive growth? didn't even try. He tries to explain himself to the owner. When the owner returns, this is verse 24, Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Notice he tries to blame the owner. He says, it's really your fault. Because I just figured you're cranky and mad. And I I didn't want you to be mad at me. So I did nothing. He didn't didn't even try. Sometimes we find ourselves in places where God has put us together and wired us and knit us together and we're just on the sidelines we're not engaging we're not trying we're not taking who we are and putting it into places where it could be used in ministry we're just not even trying and there are a lot of reasons for that sometimes we're just distracted by everything in the world like we're distracted i got to do this got to got these this set of goals I gotta gotta have this much money in my retirement by this time. I gotta gotta do that. Gotta gotta take care of this. Sometimes we're just so distracted by everything else in the world. There's no time to offer who we have to things that matter. But often, like in this story, the reason some of us don't step into what God has called us to is because we're afraid. We're afraid of what it might cost us. We're afraid we might fail. Although, did you know that God never calls us to succeed? God never, there's no command in the Bible that says, you must be successful. He just calls us to be faithful. And he just calls us to invest. He just calls us to move forward. Some of us are afraid we're going to fail. It's going to be embarrassing. Everybody's going to know it. I'm not going to do it right. Nobody's going to understand. And so we hesitate. We stand back. We keep waiting and waiting because we're afraid when God has made you for this moment. God has crafted you for what he's called you to. God has equipped you to do good in this world. If you'll just be generous with you, generous with how you're made. This guy was afraid. And because he was afraid... He didn't even try. He didn't risk anything, which is what most of us fear, right? We don't want to risk anything. We don't, we're, we're too afraid to step out. But the, the, the only way to lose is to not try. But Michael Scott say? You, no, that's something else. Sorry. God has called you to, to be generous with you. If God were here today, and he is, if God physically came into this room and walked down each row of chairs and looked each of you in the eye and just said, hey, show me your work. 
Show me your work. This isn't a test to get into heaven. It's not a test about your salvation. Just show me what salvation is doing in you. Show me what the gospel is making in you. Show me, show me your work. Where have you taken five and it's, it's ten now? Because you just invested it. You just put it to work. Show me your work. Why are you the way you are? Because God made you you. Because God loves you as you. God's not wanting you to be anybody else but you. The way he created you. The way he gifted you. The experiences he has given you. But he didn't create you so that you would just enjoy you. He created you so that you could give away some of you to people who need what you have. This is a part of being generous. That we would give away, not just our money, we would give away ourselves for this world. We would give away ourselves for people who are hurting. For that's why you were made. God, I pray you would remind us that there is a unique design to every one of us. And with that unique design, there is a unique calling that you are asking us to step into. Help us not to be afraid. Help us not to withhold what you have freely put into our life, expecting us to then invest it in the work of the kingdom. Remind us that just like the owner in this story gave away the resources that were needed, you have given us everything we need to step into our calling. You have given us everything we need to be productive for the kingdom of God. Help us not to hold back. Help us not to resist. Help us not to put it off till later. Help us to get ready to show our work. To be able to say, this is what salvation is doing in me. This is what it's making me. This is how grace is changing me. And then to be generous with that me. For I pray it in Christ's name. Amen.